You know what we need? We need a radio show on the air, like maybe on Saturday nights, that talks about this kind of thing. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur. I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles, and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. Joan, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That made you smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? Right here on WABC. As the piano fades into the background, they pull it out of the studio. Tonight, we're going to be talking about you. That's what this show is all about. What you look like, your wrinkles, your large nose, your small breasts, your fat around the hips. Yes, this is the Plastic Surgery Show right here on WABC. And you can become part of the show by giving us a call, 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. And uh, what a day it was. It rained. It was cloudy. Barely, there was about a about 20 minutes of sun today. You know, we use these days to to garden and to rest and relax, and, uh, and I want a better day. But tomorrow I think it's going to be better. The UV index tomorrow is going to be 6. That means if you go out without your sunscreen, even if it's cloudy, you're going to get burned. So don't forget your sunscreen. All right, tonight listeners, and actually not listeners, callers will receive a bottle of Nighttime if you do give us a call and have a good question for me. Nighttime is the one-stop shopping for skincare. It's all you really need. It really is. It's the uh, it's the one thing. If you're going to choose one skin cream, it's not a cream, it's a serum, but we call them creams, don't we? Uh, so it's got vitamin A, it's got vitamin C, it's got fruit acids, it has milk thistle. That's a great antioxidant. It has licorice extract, and that's one of these things uh, that... In the test tube, it inhibits uh, the production of melanin, but I can't tell you that. I can just tell you that it brightens your skin. Uh, so, and that's, these are these FDA rules, right? Well, anyway, nighttime has all those things. You don't have to buy separate bottles of all sorts of things. You know, many of those stores, you know which ones I'm talking about, they want you to go in and walk out with a big, big, you know, two-handle bag of stuff. And I can never figure out what you could possibly do with all that stuff because there really are only a few things that make a difference on and uh, on your skin. And those are the ones that I talked about. Vitamin C, vitamin A, and exfoliants. Those are the best studied substances. And that's why I put those in nighttime. And a lot of you have, I, I get emails all the time, what's the difference between night skin? That was the old one. Different company now has night skin, and I've been told that they don't make it anymore. Uh, nighttime is it's similar. I have lactic acid in nighttime, 
when I uh, made the night skin, I used glycolic acid. They're both alpha-hydroxy acids. That's the major difference. And then we have other other things that I added to nighttime. So if you're interested in a single single substance, one product, it would be nighttime. All right, 800-848-9222. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about fat. You know, as a plastic surgeon, I have been performing liposuction, and I call it liposuction. The rest of the world still calls it liposuction. There are some people that still call it liposuction because back in the 1980s, when the procedure was brought from France to the United States, it was called liposuction. And particularly where I trained at the University of Chicago, lipids, it's lipids. If you are a chemist, you know it's lipids. It's not lipids. But they started calling it liposuction in Texas and then in New York. And so, it, you know, it kind of caught on. But the real word is liposuction, and that's what I still call it. So liposuction is uh, the most popular cosmetic surgical procedure. It has been for many, many years. I first started doing it in 1985. It came from France to this country in 1983 uh, by a guy who just died a couple years ago, um, and he was uh, the originator of the technique, and it caught the United States by storm because what uh, before that, in order to remove fat, we had to make big incisions lift up skin, remove chunks of fat. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Usually remove skin with it. And it was a very unappealing procedure. So when little tubes could be put in very small incisions and many pounds of fat could be suctioned out of you, that was a revolutionary procedure in the 1980s. So liposuction came in. In the beginning, we did it with what was called the dry technique. That means we put you to sleep under anesthesia. We made these little incisions, and we put these blunt tubes in. They were blunt because we didn't want to get bleeding. We didn't want to cut into blood vessels. But there was a significant amount of bleeding. And so the early procedures with liposuction were were uh, we really had to do less than four pounds. If we did more, if we suctioned more than four pounds of fat, we got into some real heavy bleeding. So it was limited. But back in the 1980s, very early on, right around the mid-1980s, uh, plastic surgeons started putting fluids into the area that would be suctioned, and those fluids contained epinephrine. Epinephrine is a uh, it's a it's a hormone, and it constricts blood vessels. And we when we put epinephrine in the solution that we are going to suction, we cut way down on the bleeding. And so, just that one little change, that one maneuver, allowed us to suction instead of couple pounds of fat, we could very safely go up to 10 pounds of fat. Now, in the next few years, in the 1980s, it was almost like a, a game between plastic surgeons who could suction the most fat, and uh, plastic surgeons suctioned 10 pounds and 15 and 20 pounds. All of a sudden, we saw problems. We saw lots and lots of problems. So in the 1990s, that was the era of unsafe liposuction because plastic surgeons didn't realize that by suctioning huge amounts of fat, we would hurt people. And uh, it was a surprise to many people, but there were hundreds of deaths in the United States in the 1990s. And we realized that, one, we could not suction endlessly. We had to keep it under uh, pretty strict controls. Uh, and two, if we did suction large amounts, we needed to put you in the hospital with an IV and a catheter in your bladder overnight. Who wants that? No one. So most of us limited liposuction to under 10 pounds. It was considered uniformly safe as long as 
you are healthy. And now here we are in 2017, many years into the liposuction story. It is still an excellent procedure. In the last couple of years, these uh, other machines have come in, non-invasive fat removers, things like Zeltique, which is cryotherapy, and uh, other procedures, um, UltraShape. That was one that used ultrasound to destroy fat. And there are new ones uh, that have come out this year. Uh, so there's these non-invasive machines, and and then there are techniques to reduce fat, like injecting chemicals. That's uh, uh, that Kythera procedure where we inject bile acids into fat. That's actually just done underneath the chin at this point, but that's one of the ways to get rid of fat. But with all these techniques, with Kythera, with, uh, with lasers, with all sorts of new technology, the procedure of liposuction has persisted. And it has persisted to the tune of 414,000 procedures last year in the United States. That's a lot of fat. <laughs> if you count up the number of pounds, uh, someone out there can multiply, you know, anywhere from an average of maybe six pounds of fat removed uh, times 414,000 people. That's a lot of Big Macs that have been suctioned away. And the reason it's so popular is because it is still a very good procedure. And now that we have the, the learning curve of decades under our belt, plastic surgeons, board-certified plastic surgeons who do liposuction, uh, we know who to suction. That means which person will do well, which person will not do well, who's a good candidate, who is not. We know when to say no, and we know how much to suction. And with that in mind, uh, liposuction is a wonderful procedure, and it's one that I do an awful lot of with very, very happy patients. So I want to tell you tonight about liposuction, and the uh, the most common areas in women, of course, it's the thighs. It's the thighs. Uh, you know, saddlebags, that is the most commonly suctioned area. In men, it's the belly. And in both men and women, the neck, what we call the submental area, uh, very, very popular area to have suction. So we're going to talk about the procedure, how it is done, what the risks are, uh, and the benefits to uh, liposuction. And, of course, we're going to take your phone calls. And the phone number here, once again, at WABC is 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. And I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. If this is the very first time you're listening to this show, where have you been the last 12 years? We've been talking about cosmetic surgery and related Areas We talk a little bit, bit about dentistry on the show. We have a segment tonight. We're talking about bariatric surgery with my guest from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. And we talk about subjects like this. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I've trained at uh, some pretty good places up in Boston at Harvard for general surgery and right here in New York for burn surgery. I did the fellowship at New York Hospital in burn surgery, which is probably the closest experience to a war experience uh, and still not having been in the military, uh, even though I grew up at West Point. Uh, when you run the burn unit at New York Hospital for a year, boy, that is uh, one heck of an experience because it is the busiest burn unit in the United States. And uh, I did that uh, in the 1980s and then did my plastic surgery residency at the University of Chicago. And after my plastic surgery residency, that wasn't enough. I did a, a cosmetic surgery fellowship with a couple plastic surgeons in Miami named Baker and Gordon uh, they invented the chemical peel and revolutionized plastic surgery. 
They came up with some absolutely incredible new facelift procedures and eyelid procedures, and I'm so happy to have been with them. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, 800-848-9222. We'll be back after these words about liposuction. Aging really does sneak up on us, doesn't it? Well, there is something you can do to help you look as young as you feel. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Schedule a consultation in my new Fifth Avenue or my Somerset, New Jersey offices, and we'll sit down for a full hour and come up with a plan just for you. This year, there are some great new procedures like longer-lasting wrinkle fillers and the incredible InstaLift, which dramatically lifts your cheeks and jowls in a one-hour exam room procedure. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m., right here on WABC. Message and data rates may apply. What's the smartest thing you could ever do on your smartphone? Text Southern New Hampshire University to find your online degree program. With one text, you'll discover a life-changing opportunity to get the degree you've always dreamed of at an East Coast institution. Grab your smartphone now and do the smart thing. To get degree information and see how to apply online, text RETURN to 554433 now. Southern New Hampshire University is regarded as one of the most innovative and affordable providers of high-quality online education. You'll receive one-on-one guidance from experts in their field. They'll place you on a direct path to real-world knowledge with all the flexibility, support, and encouragement needed to prepare you for success in your career choice. Make the smart choice and text for your future. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. To get degree information and see how to apply online, text RETURN to 554433. That's R-E-T-U-R-N to 554433. I've cut way back on salt. And I eat lots of salmon and broccoli. I exercise to lower my blood pressure. (laughs) Because you're so stressed. Because I try to do everything I can to be around for me and for you. When we take care of our own hearts, we're also taking care of the people closest to us. So it's comforting to know that RWJ Barnabas Health has New Jersey's most comprehensive cardiac care program. With access to top specialists, minimally invasive heart surgery options, and rehabilitation and wellness programs that strengthen and protect hearts. We're also home to the state's most experienced valve replacement team, and we're one of the nation's top five heart transplant centers. So get your heart checked. It's as easy as visiting rwjbh.org slash heart for an appointment. I plan on being around for us a long, long time. Me too. Your heart doesn't beat just for you. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. Tonight we're talking about fat. We're talking about liposuction. And in a few minutes, uh, we'll also be uh, brought uh, bringing in a guest from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. But first, we, we do have a question from Lynn. Lynn, let's see if we can get this in before our interview. Go right ahead. What's your wrinkle? Okay. Um, first time, uh, long, not listening a long time, really love the show. Uh, after liposuction is performed, how do they get the skin to recover? 
it must be all right. So that's a th- that's a great question. So you know, our skin has the ability to grow and shrink. We know it grows when we get fat. We know it grows when you're pregnant, and we know after pregnancy, many people the skin shrinks right back to where it was before. Although a lot of people, that would be Jane Fonda being that many people. Uh, everybody else, I do do suppose, you get some stretch marks and a little bit of extra skin, but nothing like that giant belly you had when you were pregnant. So skin skin does have the ability to grow and it has the ability to shrink. So the job of the plastic surgeon when you come in for a consultation is to look at the area and decide whether or not that skin will shrink down after the fat has been removed. So there are different areas of the body that plastic surgeons call as forgiving areas or not forgiving areas. So, for instance, the thighs, the outer thighs, are fairly forgiving. We can remove a lot of fat from the outer thighs, and the skin shrinks down in almost all situations. But the inner thighs, you know, if you look at your inner thighs, that skin is certainly less taut and thinner and really has a tendency to show uh, imperfections after liposuction. So we have to look carefully at it. And uh, what I say about the inner thighs, it's sort of a thinning if we do it at all. Um, certainly if you're 18 years old, it's a very different uh, experience than if you're 45 years old and you have liposuction of your thighs. The belly, if you've had a pregnancy, you're probably not a candidate for liposuction. Probably it's a tummy tuck there. So the plastic surgeon will tell you, and what you don't want is someone just uh, you know, wanting to get any patient in the office and at all costs, let's get that procedure in. You need an honest plastic surgeon who is willing to turn you down if you're not a good candidate for the procedure, if your skin will, uh, will not shrink back. All right, Len? Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. And uh, this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. And uh, as promised, uh, we're talking about fat tonight. Uh, But if you do eat a little bit too much and you're not a candidate for uh, fat removal, well, you could be a good candidate for bariatric surgery. So I have a guest from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital tonight, and he will be talking about bariatric surgery. But tonight we've got Dr. Sadek, who is the Medical Director of Adult and Adolescent Bariatric Surgery at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And uh, Dr. Sadek, are you there? Yes. Hi, Dr. Barry. Great. Hi. Thanks so much for taking time uh, on your Saturday evening. Uh, very exciting new development in bariatric surgery. For, for the listeners, bariatric surgery, I guess we define it as surgery that helps you lose weight. Is that a good definition for you? Yes, I mean, for the public, it's uh, better known. It's surgery to help patients lose weight, but also not just to lose weight, but control a lot of other medical problems that come along with weight, um, like diabetes and high, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, all the other, you know, we call them comorbidities or diseases that tag along with obesity. All right, so uh, so so let's say someone is uh, twenty pounds overweight. They're not a candidate for a bariatric surgery, right? Yes, um, it goes by body mass index, and if the body mass index is under thirty-five, based on the NIH criteria, they are not candidates for uh, the more invasive uh, bariatric surgery procedures. 
Right. So, so the BMI uh, takes into consideration the height and the weight of the uh, person. And uh, but let's say someone is a hundred pounds overweight. Mo- for the most part, they do qualify for bariatric surgery. Now, now there's different types of bariatric surgery. You've done uh, gastric bypasses and lap bands and things like that. There's a new one called the Orbera Intragastric Balloon. So I've been reading about this. But tell our our listeners uh, about this. What is it? And who's a good candidate for this one? Uh, the orbera gastric balloon is a uh, is a very very exciting and very uh, you know uh, interesting uh, device that is placed in the stomach. It has been used in Europe and Latin America for the last ten fifteen years. Uh, just been approved uh, by the FDA in the United States, and basically it's a um, silicon based balloon uh, made of silicon that is placed in the stomach without surgery it's placed endoscopically um, in no incisions no general anesthesia under sedation and it's inflated with uh, saline um, and the amount of fluid that we inflate depends from one person to another depending on the size of their stomach obviously and um, it's it's great for patients who have a body mass index between 30 or 35 well, patients typically have about 30, 40 pounds to lose and don't want to go through an invasive procedure. The balloon remains so this, in the so this, for, Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Uh, keep talking about it. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, the balloon remains in the stomach for about six months and uh, gives the patient or the person the feeling that they're full. So it decreases the amount of food they consume, obviously, and regulates how many times they eat a day. So be, so uh, the person ends up eating four to five small meals a day and feels satisfied with a small amount of food. Uh, and that's what leads to a great weight loss. Um, six months later... So now if you have this balloon, let, let, let me ask you now, if you have this balloon placed in your stomach, so so you have a uh, an endoscopic procedure, and many of our uh, listeners know what that is. A, a colonoscopy is an endoscopic type procedure, but we're going the other end here. We're going through your mouth, and we're placing this balloon in your stomach. What happens if someone vomits? What what happens to the balloon then? The balloon remains, the, it remains in the stomach. It's uh, It's... It cannot pass. There are two valves in the stomach, one on the top part of the stomach where it connects to the esophagus, called the gastroesophageal valve, and one on the bottom part, which is called the pylorus. So basically the stomach is sort of a closed bag. And even if somebody feels nauseous or gets a, some sort of a virus or something that they need to throw up, they can still throw up with, with the balloon in, in place. But this does not All right, so- the balloon. It doesn't lead to anything. So how much weight can someone lose with this? So the typical weight loss based on the studies were about 30 to 40% of their extra body weight. So let's say somebody has about 40 pounds to lose or 50 pounds to lose. They can lose up to 20 to 25 pounds of, of this. That's on average. So it includes patients who have lost less and patients who have lost more. But typically patients will lose 25, 30 pounds at least in the, in the six months. Now, now, after uh, they've lost that weight, do you leave it in and deflate it just in case they gain more weight, or do you take it out? You take it out. So it, it's, it's only approved to stay in for six months. Um, so we go in, we deflate it endoscopically, and we remove it. And the concept behind right. it is that we've already educated the patient and we've already readjusted the body to eating a few small meals and, um, and controlling the diet, obviously. 
of course, it's, All right. it's My- accompanied with a lot of follow-up and nutritional evaluations and and exercise and, and the other aspects of weight loss. Well, it's a very exciting development in bariatric surgery, and I want to thank you, Dr. Sadek, the medical director of bariatric surgery at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. And by the way, if you are more, if you're interested in learning more about this procedure, go to the Robert Wood Johnson website, rwjuh.edu. That's rwjuh.edu. Uh, on the Internet, it's a great website. You'll find all sorts of information. If you're interested in finding a doctor like Dr. Sadek who does this procedure, go to the website or give a call. It's a 24-hour hotline at Robert Wood Johnson, 888-MD-RWJUH. So that's, once again, 888-MD-RWJUH. You can give him a call and uh, get a referral that way. Well, thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. Dr. Sadek, the medical director of bariatric surgery at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey. That is uh, such an interesting topic, you know, the bariatric surgery. There are uh, many, many patients that have uh, the procedure now. And Robert Johnson uh, does have uh, not only a center for bariatric surgery, uh, but they have various events. So uh, uh, coming right up on the New Brunswick campus on June 28th, Eighth, June 28th at 7 p.m., there's a bariatric surgery information session in New Brunswick. If you missed that one, there's another one in July. It's July 26th, and it's again at 7 p.m. Uh, the bariatric uh, support group meets every month also at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. So if you are interested, if you're overweight, if you think uh, that maybe bariatric surgery is appropriate for you so that you can lose the weight and be healthier, and then maybe be my patient for body contouring surgery, uh, you know, you'll want to go to the website at, at Robert Wood Johnson, rwjuh.edu, and, uh, and check out the information about bariatric surgery. And once again, <coughs> as I cough here, uh, there are these pre-surgery informational seminars, and Robert Wood Johnson is sponsoring those. And uh, what I want you to do is uh, is give them a call first. And the and the phone number at Bariatric Surgery at Robert Wood Johnson is 732-253-3156. That's 732-253-3156. And register for one of these uh, events, these bariatric surgery information sessions. So the next one coming up June 28th. Uh, it's 7 p.m. at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. If you missed that one, July 26th. So you want to learn more about this topic because it is very important. It's actually life-saving surgery. It really is because if you're more than 100 pounds overweight, uh, there's no question that your life will be shortened. You'll wind up getting hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, all the things that you don't want, and that will certainly shorten your life. So bariatric surgery may be your answer. And once you hit 100 pounds, it's very difficult to lose it. All right, we've got a whole 30 minutes left to the show. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC 800-848-9222. Give us a call. We'll be back after these words. I've cut way back on salt. And I eat lots of salmon and broccoli. I exercise to lower my blood pressure. (laughs) Because you're so stressed. Because I try to do everything I can to be around for me and for you. When we take care of our own hearts, we're also taking care of the people closest to us. So it's comforting to know that RWJ Barnabas Health has New Jersey's most comprehensive cardiac care program. 
with access to top specialists, minimally invasive heart surgery options, and rehabilitation and wellness programs that strengthen and protect hearts. We're also home to the state's most experienced valve replacement team, and we're one of the nation's top five heart transplant centers. So get your heart checked. It's as easy as visiting rwjbh.org slash heart for an appointment. I plan on being around for us a long, long time. Me too. Your heart doesn't beat just for you. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Hi, I'm Brian from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I was told you could make us feel better. That's why we're here. Everything just seems so... Everything is about to get better, ma'am. Do you have a diagnosis, Brian? I have really good news. You're about to feel great. I sure hope so. You're suffering from too much junkitis. How did we get it? It's a common affliction, ma'am. Is there a cure? Point at something you haven't used in the past 12 months. Wow, it's gone. Try it, honey. You'll feel light as a feather. Something I haven't used? All you have to do is point. I feel... I feel like I'm flying. It's a crazy kind of freedom. I can breathe again. That's the sound of optimism and energy and possibilities. We work until midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work to meet us. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. If you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck, listen up. This is Preston Neely, and I'm about to blow your mind. You want to know the big difference between you and the rich? It's not your job. It's not your skills. It's not your education. Here's the truth. Rich people make money in real estate, and it's not rocket science. Let me prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. Just call 1-800-700-3356. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity shut off nine times, but I figured out a simple way to make money in real estate that doesn't require any cash, credit, or even manual labor. Now I'm living the dream, and I can show you how. Listen, here's the other thing about rich people. They don't pass up the deal of a lifetime, and neither should you. My book sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies now. Call right now to find out how to get your free copy while this offer lasts. Call 1-800-700-3356. That's 1-800-700-3356. 1-800-700-3356. An exercise physiologist is wanted in Forest Hills, New York, to develop exercise programs to improve participant strength, flexibility, endurance, or circulatory function. Plan individualized exercise programs. Interpret exercise program participant data. Demonstrate correct use of exercise equipment. A master's degree in exercise physiology or physical therapy and two years of work experience is required. Submit resume to Prime Leaders Health Services Incorporated. 6860 Austin Street, Suite 307, Forest Hills, New York, 11375. Wouldn't it be great if you could stop crime before it happens? With the Ring Floodlight Cam, you can. I'm Jamie Siminoff, inventor and founder of Ring. Floodlight Cam is a motion-activated HD security camera that connects right to your phone, so you're alerted when anyone steps onto your property. You can now see, speak, or even sound an alarm right from your phone, anywhere, anytime. Does your floodlight prevent crime? Ours does. Go to ring.com forward slash advantage and save $150 off of a Ring of Security kit. That's ring.com forward slash advantage. To what's your wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry? What's your wrinkle? What is your wrinkle? I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm your host. 
for What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. The phone number is 800-848-9222, And if you do give us a call, we are giving away bottles of nighttime serum. It's the nourishing serum for the skin. It was the one that I went on the Dr. Oz show, and I called it my ACE program, my ACE program for skin care. A is for vitamin A, C is for vitamin C, and E is for the exfoliants in my nighttime. And in just about a week and a half, this is the big event you've all been waiting for, I'm sure. You're, uh, you've set your VCRs. We don't have VCRs anymore. You've set your on-demand or whatever that is uh, on your TVs for the uh, Home Shopping Network appearance. Tuesday, June 27th, Tuesday, June 27th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. I'll be on, and you will be able to order a complete kit which is uh, my products, uh, all four of my products, the daytime, the nighttime, the soft time, and the clean time, all four for a ridiculously low price of, I think it's $89.95, absolutely ridiculous. It normally goes for $150. So this is your big opportunity. The New York audience is the only audience that gets uh, advance warning of this. There is a very limited supply, and they're only selling it for that price during the shows. So you have to tune in at 2 p.m. or at 7 p.m. So one or the other, you can uh, see me. I'll be on for about 18 minutes each of those appearances, and uh, we're going to have we're going to go through the skincare program, and I'll show you photographs. We can't show that on the radio, but I can certainly show it on Home Shopping Network. We have photographs of my patients who have been using my skincare, and we have got great six-month photographs. And the truth of my skincare. You know, I'm honest with this. It's not going to make you look different overnight. It really is not. The only thing that happens overnight is your skin feels a little smoother because of the exfoliant effect of lactic acid. So because of that, when you wake up the next morning and shower, you say, yeah, my, my skin is smoother. But that's an exfoliant effect, and the honest truth is any exfoliant will do that for you. Um, now, when you hit about two months of use of my products, then I can begin to measure changes with special cameras, and I can measure a decrease in uh, the wrinkle count and, and things like that, a decrease in the brown splotchy pigmentation of the face. So those things can be measured by machines called the Vizia machine, for instance. And a lot of people do see at two months that they look better. But wait till you see the pictures at six months. They even surprised me. I, I really have to tell you. Wait till you see these pictures that I'm going to show you. And they were done with the Vizia machine. And the Vizia machine is one of those machines. It's a, it's a standardized photography technique. And, you know, it can't be played with. It can't be altered. The patients, uh, no one had makeup on uh, afterwards or before. It's just an honest way to look at the uh, the photographs. So, so uh, you know, tune in to the Home Shopping Network. Once again, June 27th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. We're also going to be showing the data, the data for my uh, six-month study with my uh, skincare products. And uh, it's really, really very good data. 
and uh, that means we've been able to show a reduction in the appearance of wrinkles and a reduction in the appearance of the brown spots. We have to use these euphemisms. The FDA doesn't let us say exactly what's happening. They say, well, you know, we have to uh, describe things as the appearance of wrinkles, not the wrinkles themselves. But uh, I follow all the rules that they throw at us. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. So this program, yeah, we're talking about skin care, but we're talking about liposuction during this program today. So what are the areas that are the most common areas? We talked about in women, it's the thighs. Uh, the hips and the thighs are the most common areas. And then in men, it's the belly, the abdomen. And in both men and women, the the neck. We call it the submental area. That's the area underneath the chin and the jowls. So, uh, And that, by the way, I call the biggest bang for your buck procedure in all of cosmetic surgery when we, uh, in a hour procedure under local anesthesia or local anesthesia with sedation, I make three little incisions underneath the chin, one under the chin, it's a quarter inch long, and one under each ear. And we put in, that's one that we do use anesthetic solution because we're doing it under local anesthesia as opposed to general anesthesia. And we use these little tiny tubes and break up the fat and suction it out. And the reason I call it one of the biggest bang for your buck procedures in cosmetic surgery is because you can actually look like you've lost 10, 15, or 20 pounds. You're not losing that. But you can look like you've lost it when we suction that much weight out of your neck. My record, I think my record, I'm up to about 10 ounces of fat in the neck. That's a lot of fat. If you think of, uh, you know, a, a cup uh, in in your kitchen, you know, if you put, you know, 10 ounces of fat in it, that's, that's quite a bit of fat we can get out of the neck. Uh, most people, it's 2 to 5 ounces of fat. And uh, those of you who are squeamish are visualizing this now. But it is a really good procedure. We put one stitch in under the chin and a Band-Aid. And uh, there's bruising and there's swelling, but there's not a lot of pain. There really isn't. We don't prescribe narcotics for liposuction because uh, I actually did the study and published it in the journal Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, and I looked at pain after liposuction. And, in fact, my patients, when we did different areas like the thighs, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, their, their pain was in the 1 to 1.5 range, which is Tylenol pain, not narcotic pain. So liposuction should not hurt. If you do hear that it hurts, well, that means the, uh, the surgeon probably was a little bit rough and banged into the muscle or the bone underneath uh, the area that was suctioned. We don't want to do that. We want to keep it very superficial in the fat. It is a very low complication procedure, despite what you've heard. You know, those, uh, if, we, if we suction 25 pounds out, it's going to be a high complication procedure. We don't want to do that. We want to select the patients appropriately. This is not appropriate if you're obese. So you heard Dr. Sadik uh, speaking about obesity and bariatric surgery. You don't want to be obese. And remember the BMI categories. He was talking about having bariatric surgery if your your BMI is over 35 well, ob- obesity obesity is considered 30. So we don't want to operate on you for liposuction if you're obese. 
If you're normal weight, that goes up to a BMI of 25. And from 25 to 30, that is overweight. And those are the people, either normal weight people or a little bit of overweight, uh, those are the people that have liposuction. And we do that safely because we don't want to suction out lots and lots and lots of fat. We want to suction out what you can't lose yourself. Those are the best patients for liposuction. And then you come in and you have your, your thighs suctioned. If you have your thighs, by the way, uh, let's say it's on a Wednesday. You can go back to work the following Monday. You know, you're, you're wearing a garment, a restrictive-type garment, sort of like Spanx, uh, for a couple weeks after the procedure. And after that, uh, you'll be able to start exercising. And uh, most people do gain a pound or two after the procedure because you're not exercising. And unless you cut back on the food that you eat, you're going to gain just a little bit of weight after the procedure. It happens after a lot of cosmetic surgery because we ask you to really restrict your uh, your activities after uh, cosmetic surgery. So I have a lot of patients. I tell them you really have to watch what you eat after surgery because you're going to gain weight. Just think about it. If you exercise 600 calories a day uh, and you have to stop exercising, that's over a pound a week that you're going to gain just by sitting around instead of uh, your normal activity. So with liposuction, like all other cosmetic surgery, you want to watch what you eat after surgery. But uh, liposuction is a very, very high-satisfaction procedure. Uh, that means the vast majority of people are very happy with it. What can happen? Well, with any surgical procedure, there are risks. And sure, there's a small risk of infection with liposuction. We give you a dose of antibiotics for the procedure, but the risk is about 1%, which is lower than most procedures in cosmetic surgery. And certainly if you talk about tummy tucks, there's a 3 to 4% infection rate. With liposuction, because of the small incisions, it is lower. So that's good. In terms of blood loss, it should be uh, not a lot. Not a lot means we should never have to transfuse people for liposuction. And sometimes, to be honest, we have to stop the procedure. And let's say uh, we planned on suctioning the thighs, the circumferential thighs, and maybe the abdomen also. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, it's enough. Enough is enough just suctioning the, uh, the circumferential thighs. Uh, if we are losing a little bit of blood, because we certainly don't want to get into the position where you need a transfusion or you feel weak afterwards. We don't want that. So, so uh, you know, blood loss, it's a normal part of liposuction. And I always say that your thighs or the area that suction, you're going to look kind of like eggplanty afterwards because, uh, yeah, it's a blunt procedure. We don't stop each individual blood vessel like we do in a tummy tuck or a facelift. Uh, we use these little, we call them cannulas, and uh, we suction and you bruise afterwards, and you look like an eggplant. So uh, don't plan on uh, on showing off your thighs on the beach for about three weeks or so after the procedure. So liposuction, um, bleeding, infection, yeah, those are some risks. We also have to really assess you like we do for any procedure for risks of blood clots. And we give a blood thinner uh, prior to this procedure. Uh, one dose is all it takes, and it's very important that the technique is very good so we don't cause a blood clot. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. There's more to the show, 800-848-9222. We'll be right back. Did you know that most skincare doesn't help your skin and most products contain toxins? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've designed the world's simplest skincare program, and my products are effective and safe. Start your day with clean time, invigorating soap made with the right pH and without sulfates or other toxins. Then protect your skin with daytime SPF 20. 
Before sleep, massage in nighttime to feed nutrients that are scientifically proven to reduce the appearance of wrinkles and improve skin tone. My skincare reduces signs of aging by over 50% with six months of use. These three products are all that's needed in your skincare program, and with a WABC code, all three are yours for $75, a savings of $35. But hurry, when the summer's over, so is this offer. Call 844-DR-PERRY. That's 844-DR-PERRY. Or order on drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. Every day, New York City makes capital investments in its parks, bridges, roads, and schools so that New York continues to be a great place to live, work, and visit. Now you can invest in New York City, too. The New York City Transitional Finance Authority will be selling tax-exempt bonds with a two-day retail order period on Monday, June 19th and Tuesday, June 20th, during which individual investors will have priority in placing orders for the tax-exempt bonds. The interest on these tax-free municipal bonds is exempt from federal, New York State, and New York City personal income taxes. The bonds are backed by the personal income tax and sales tax revenues of the City of New York. Investing in New York City Transitional Finance Authority bonds helps build and improve this great city. If you would like more information on this opportunity to invest in New York City Transitional Finance Authority bonds, please contact your financial advisor or broker. This advertisement is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy bonds. Bonds may only be purchased through a broker. Please review carefully the preliminary offering circular which describes the offering. Aging really does sneak up on us, doesn't it? Well, there is something you can do to help you look as young as you feel. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Schedule a consultation in my new Fifth Avenue or my Somerset, New Jersey offices, and we'll sit down for a full hour and come up with a plan just for you. This year, there are some great new procedures like longer-lasting wrinkle fillers and the incredible InstaLift, which dramatically lifts your cheeks and jowls in a one-hour exam room procedure. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WABC. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? What is your wrinkle? I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and the host of What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. Tonight, we're talking about fat. You know, people ask me, why do we eat so much fat? You know, if you look at an animal, and I hate, I hate to bring us back to this level, but, you know, we're animals, right? If you look at an animal, what is the first thing that they eat? When uh, when you see an animal eating another animal, you know, if you watch those programs on the National Geographic channel, or something, they uh, open up the belly and they go right for the fat. Fat tastes the best. And uh, you're genetically programmed to think that it tastes the best because it has the highest caloric density. So if you've got two minutes to eat fast, you better eat the, uh, the most calorically dense things. You're not going to eat the broccoli if you're in a real hurry to eat. You have to uh, think survival if we're talking about animals or us uh, before the modern era. So fat, you know, we're programmed to not only eat fat first, uh, but, you know, it tastes the best. And it is also very difficult to lose the fat. 
And the reason for that is there's a survival advantage to having fat. So the people, uh, you know, 200, 300, 500, 1,000 years ago, people who were able to put weight on fast during the, uh, the uh, starvation period, they would survive, and those who were skinny did not survive. You know, hopefully we'll never have these times again so we can just willy-nilly suction that fat right out of your body, which uh, gives you a survival advantage. But, you know, we do all sorts of things to make ourselves look better. And the truth is, hopefully, we're never going to need reserves of fat like that anymore. So fat suctioning, liposuction, is the most common procedure in cosmetic surgery. Last year, 414,000 procedures in the United States. It beat out the breast augmentation the procedure. That was the second most common procedure. Uh, beat it out by about 100,000 procedures. So it wasn't even close. And most years between uh, 1985 and now, almost every year it's liposuction as the most common procedure. And uh, breast augmentation some years has beat it out in that that race for the most common cosmetic surgical procedure. Uh, But you would think with all these non-invasive procedures that are coming, uh, you know, why is liposuction still popular? And the reason it is is because, one, it works. We can effectively remove a lot of fat, not just a little bit of fat, but a lot of fat, up to 10 pounds of fat safely, uniformly safely. And that's if you are a good candidate for the procedure. So, again, if you have heart disease or a chronic condition like diabetes or, or you know, an infectious disease, tuberculosis or something like this, you're not going to have this procedure. But if you're healthy, if you exercise every day and you just can't lose that weight, that last bit of weight, Liposuction is a great procedure for you. Uh, you come in. Uh, it's an outpatient procedure. Most suction is done under general anesthesia, by the way. Uh, there are some doctors that like to do all these procedures under local anesthesia, and I don't believe in that. And you say, well, why not? Local anesthesia sounds so much better than general anesthesia, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it could be, except for the fact that if you're having, let's say, your belly, your your abdomen and your flanks, the love handle suction, you would have to have so much local anesthetic that it is not considered uniformly safe. And one of the cases uh, that I reviewed when I was on the Board of Medical Examiners in New Jersey was a case where someone died, a young person died from uh, liposuction, and they didn't even have a lot of fat removed. Uh, they just had a lot of areas suctioned, and a lot of this anesthetic was given. And what happened to this particular person was uh, uh, she went home from the surgery, which was a very easy and successful surgery, but got nauseated, where so many people do get nauseated from general anesthesia. About 20% of people get nausea with general anesthesia. And this particular person vomited and became dehydrated. Well, the uh, anesthetic that was injected into her uh, was still at high levels in her body, um, even um, with her not being able to drink because she was dehydrated, and it affected her heart, and she had an irregular rhythm of her heart, and she died. And, in fact, I reviewed the literature and wrote a chapter in a textbook on this subject. Uh, the chapter title, you wouldn't like this, it was called Avoidance of Disaster in Liposuction, and it was in a book called Advances in Plastic Surgery, and it was after I did the study uh, out of my office operating room where we looked at uh, the use of local anesthetic in liposuction, and the title of my paper that I published was Lidocaine 
lidocaine is not necessary in liposuction. And the reason it's not necessary is because you should be able to do these procedures safely under general anesthesia. And any board-certified anesthesiologist will tell you that a well-done general anesthetic by a board-certified anesthesiologist in a healthy person is far safer than giving these enormous amounts of local anesthetic that would be required to do liposuction of multiple areas of your body. So the only areas that I do under local anesthesia might be the knees, small area. We call those the chubs, right? I don't know how they got that one, that name, but the chubs. We suction out the chubs. Uh, If you've got those little uh, chubs on the inside of your knees, that can be done under local anesthesia. We suction out the neck that I always do under local anesthesia. And, and usually when, when I talk about local anesthesia, I'm talking about local with sedation in most cases. Most of the time we want an anesthesiologist there who will give you some sort of medication like Versed or a little propofol. It just makes it easier for you. And it makes it safer also as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I always like to have another doctor in the room when I'm operating uh, as long as you know if we're doing a, a bigger procedure than just a mole removal or something like that. So uh, the anesthesiologist adds a level of safety to the procedure. But when we do large areas, I like to do it under general anesthesia, it is much safer. So you have the procedure. Uh, liposuction takes anywhere from one to three hours, depending on how many areas you are having suctioned and uh, and how much is being suctioned. And then we put one stitch in each of the little incisions that we make and a Band-Aid on each of those. We put you in those Spanx-type garments, and you walk out of the operating room, and you, uh, you go home, and you know, a little bit sore, but really Tylenol is all you'll need. And I proved that with the study that I did. Tylenol is all you'll need for this. And then I come, you come back and see me the next day and we take off the dressings and uh, change the garment. And, uh, you know, you, you want to take a few days off of driving, uh, because you really want to be in tip top shape. Obviously, if you're going to drive, you don't want to have any, uh, areas that might be a little bit sore. And the soreness after liposuction, I want to clarify, it's not a pain when you're sitting in a chair, you say, no, it really doesn't hurt. But if you touch the area, yes, it hurts. And that's also the same thing when you have a bruise on your thigh and you look at it and you say, well, that doesn't hurt. And then you touch it, and you say, oh, that hurts. So it's the same sort of thing with liposuction because after all, I have put a metal tube underneath your skin and removed lots of fat. So, uh, and I like to take pictures of that fat, by the way, because most people like to look at that. They don't look at it the same day, but a couple weeks down the line when they're looking at their post-operative photographs, uh, most people will want to see the amount of fat. And, and we fill up these canisters. Here's where you get a little bit nauseated again. We fill up canisters uh, with the fat, and, of course, it gets uh, um, disposed of with medical waste, but uh, before it gets disposed of, I like to photograph it. The phone number here at WABC is 800-848-9222. So it's liposuction night here at WABC, and Mike's looking at me. Do I? I, Of course, you don't need it, Mike. No, and Jennifer, you don't need it. In fact, no one needs it. No one needs cosmetic surgery, and that's the difference between cosmetic surgery and all other types of surgery because if you have a cholecystitis, if your gallbladder is uh, infected or painful, 
you need that out because if you don't have it out, you're going to die from that disease. Not so with the things that we do in cosmetic surgery. And that's why we want to be very selective as to who has cosmetic surgery. So if you have all sorts of medical conditions, and your risk, instead of having a, a 1% to 3% risk of a complication with liposuction, if your risk goes up to 10% or 20 or 50%, if you have heart disease or something like that, by all means, you do not want to have these procedures. And again, I hear stories all the time about people having procedures who should not have had procedures. And one of the things that we train the residents, and I'm on the faculty at Columbia and the faculty at Rutgers in the medical school there, and I trained at, at places with very rigorous residency programs. And one of the things that plastic surgery residents are taught to do is, is properly select for patients, and that means people who are don't have excessive risk. If you're having cosmetic surgery, now look if you uh, if you have a big wound on your leg and you need a microvascular free tissue transfer, which is a fancy way to uh, say microsurgery. Uh, of course, you know we accept risks, and uh, whatever your risks are, you have to have that surgery. So some of plastic surgery is that way. Uh, but if you're having a rhinoplasty or if you have a, you're having a facelift and you have diabetes and a hemoglobin A1C of 9, not a good idea to have that surgery. So hopefully uh, when you go to the plastic surgeon, uh, they will be honest with you and say, you know what, we're not going to be able to do this. And if the same thing if you're obese and you come in. I've had so many people come in. And they want a 100-pound suctioned off, and that's how you kill patients. You don't want to do that. You want to send patients to the bariatric surgeon, if necessary, uh, to lose the weight, or certainly if you're 10 pounds or 30 pounds overweight, uh, start a diet. And uh, you can go to one of the many diet books. I helped Dr. Oz write you on a diet. I wrote the plastic surgery section in that one, and, uh, you know, that's a good one, and the South Beach Diet is another one. But that's what you want to do uh, first before you go to me, the plastic surgeon. Well, when that music starts, they're going to yank me right out of the studio. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Don't forget the Facebook page, facebook.com, and uh, go to the Dr. Arthur Perry page. It's new and improved. Thanks so much for great engineering, Mike. Jennifer, we'll see you all next week. Don't forget HSN.